This, this is, is Painted Black. Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And recently, Napa introduced the idea or or challenged the industry to think about moving to a concept called net zero. But without offsets, moving to net zero is going to require the industry to use a new type of material that actually removes carbon from the environment. In other words, we're going to have to think about some materials and some processes that may be carbon negative. So today I'm hoping to learn a little more about some of the innovative products that would fit under the carbon negative category and learn about how they might potentially be used in asphalt pavements. So to help us learn a little bit more about this concept and these products, we've invited Peter Mazzarella and Julian Smith with Harsco Environmental to briefly talk with us about these. Welcome to the podcast, Peter and Julian. And can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and the company that you work with? Yes, my name is Peter Mazzarella. I'm the North American Applied Product Sales Manager for Harsco Environmental. We are a uh, environmental company that is in the steel mill space where we develop eco products from steel making co-products known as slag. We've utilized slag in the hot mix asphalt and, and applications and we have an asphalt division based in the UK, which we are looking to expand globally that utilizes 100% steel slag in hot mix asphalt. Yeah, my name is Julian Smith. I'm the global growth director for Steel Felt, business unit for Harsco Environmental. And as Peter said, Steel Felt's core business really is is using slag, which is a co-product from the steelmaking industry, to produce high-performance, low-carbon asphalt products. We recently innovated a new product. We're in the process of potentially bringing it to North America. One of the first things I was hoping you could kind of help us with is what is carbon negative material and how could these type of materials maybe help or impact the efforts that are being made with the road forward or industry's vision to moving to net zero? As Richard said in uh, his introduction, as a business, we didn't want to go down the route of offsetting carbon. We wanted to go down the route of actually looking at alternative materials. Now, one of the beauties of slag and and steel slag in particular is it's very low carbon in its nature because it comes from a secondary process. So the only carbon it attracts is from the actual processing into aggregate. We're already on a good journey there with our products. The main proportion that contributes a high level of carbon is bitumen or, or asphalt for the North American listeners. So we worked tirelessly over the last couple of years in trying to find a more carbon sensitive or a low carbon alternative to bitumen. To say we stumbled upon one is probably making light of it. There was a lot of work that went in the background, but yeah, we stumbled upon a, a product working with a number of universities and yeah, it, it wasn't working for probably some of the bigger asphalt suppliers in Europe, but because we're a slightly smaller asphalt producer, we were able to think and work a little bit differently and we came up with our steel surf eco pro product which utilizes an alternative to bitumen you're really one of the first companies in the world that's kind of come out with what they're classifying kind of as a carbon negative asphalt and so as you mentioned asphalt is something that 
to produce it requires a significant amount of energy between extracting the crude oil from the ground and then refining it and then keeping it heated at a terminal and those types of issues. How do you take that process and make it carbon negative? Okay. So it was a bit of a journey. So we started using lower temperatures, so lower mixed temperatures, so with a number of different additives, which have become more and more popular in Europe over the last five to 10 years. So warm mixed asphalt generally is seen as the norm now in, in the UK. Added to the fact that we use 95% recycled aggregate, we were able to start from a, from a low point anyway in terms of carbon impact. So what we look to do is replace the asphalt, so the liquid asphalt, because ultimately you're not going to be able to reduce the carbon impact of asphalt that's been there for millions of years. Whilst we can be pretty powerful at times, I don't think we can change millions of years of geology. So we've looked to try and replace that. And uh, yeah, we, we looked at alternative binders in the space. And I know there's a number of bio binders that have been used in trial. We went down the route of uh, using a byproduct from the paper pulp bin industry. So uh, lignin, in particular craft lignin. Yeah, craft lignin is a bit of a wonder material, really. It comes in powder form, but it behaves like a liquid, which being an asphalt person or a road-making person still blows my mind. How can a powder behave like a liquid? But it does because lignin actually is absorbing carbon during the tree's growth. It actually has a negative carbon footprint. We've got EPDs from our supplier. We obviously have EPDs for our standard products. And uh, yeah, when we did the calculations, we were pleased to know that it actually gave a carbon saving, essentially, so carbon negative. Oh, that's very interesting. I'm kind of curious. You mentioned some of the companies having, I guess, trouble or not really finding a way to utilize this. So I, I was curious about some of the challenges or roadblocks that you see with bringing these type of materials to market. And then maybe share some of the things that you've done within your company to help with that, if it's research or trials or different things that you're doing to help move this product ahead. As you know, and your listeners know, we don't like change. Now, I've been in this industry for 25 years now, and it's not changed a huge amount in 25 years. I would say probably the most amount of change has probably happened in the last five years. So the core things around steel fault really is making our products the most environmental. So because our core business as Hasco Environmental isn't asphalt, we think differently. So we don't think like an aggregate producer or you know, an asphalt producer. We think as an environmental company. So almost the conventional trial-making process for asphalt of you spend months in the lab and the men in, in white coats and the men and women in white coats kind of prod it with their pens and look under it at microscopes and do lots of shear tests. We started that um, and then got pretty bored because it didn't give us the results that we wanted, you know, because we focused on the end goal. And the end goal was how do we reduce our carbon footprint? How do we replace liquid asphalt? And that's what we kept going back to. So actually at one point, you know, whilst we were doing the trials and lab, what's the worst that can happen if we just mix some through the asphalt plant? What's the actual worst? Um, we did. It worked, and then on the back of that, we were able to do some of our uh, so some of our performance and, and quality testing on the hot mix asphalt from the plant, and then that 
kind of almost accelerated the innovation and the development you know very very quickly because we knew it would work we then almost looked at the testing regime that we had and the mixed design process that we do in the lab and so we're actually what do we really need to take from that what results do we need to demonstrate this performance and can we replicate that with with plant mixed material and yeah we were lucky enough that we worked with a very accommodating partner customer in in the UK which is a a, a local DOT um so Rotherham Borough Council as we call it and yeah they were like yeah we you know we've got a highway coming up um you know a couple of hundred tons couple of hundred uh square meters so uh yeah let's try it again what's the worst that can happen you know and uh i think we're we're, uh, as a business keeping focus on having that lowest carbon impact we possibly can rather than right you know kind of looking at the offsets in terms of profitability and, and things like that because you know innovation costs sometimes we we need to kind of put up or front up. Luckily, as a uh, Haskell Environmental, they, they've backed us as, as Steel Fault, and yeah, we, were, we were able to get some success out of it. And to add to that, Haskell Environmental is engaged in aggressive transformation of the business and developing uh, an eco products line. And we've been making Steel Fault since the 1960s in the UK, and we realized that Steel Fault is our true eco product. In the asphalt space, we understand that in North America and the U.S. in particular, uh, with the Infra- in- Infrastructure Investing Job Act, there is a lot of language in there in regards to green initiatives. So as much as this is a challenge, it's certainly an opportunity for the industry to start thinking differently and doing doing things differently. And that's at the core of what Steel Fault is, is that we've always innovated and we've always been a recycled environmental product. Now is the opportunity, not just to here in the U.S., but around the world for roadmakers to uh, start utilizing a, uh, a less carbon intensive product. So earlier you mentioned you've done some EPDs and LCAs on this, and that really intrigues me because when Napa was going through and developing the next round of their product category rule on asphalt mixtures in North America, it seemed like a lot of the science and carbon accounting kind of around things like biogenic carbon and things that you would need to do to move to a carbon negative type material hadn't really been solidified. So how do you as a company assure people that the science actually supports a product being carbon negative and it's not just an attempt to kind of do greenwashing or promote a product under this premise? That was one of our big worries. Originally, we would just wanted to do a product that was the lowest carbon product we could possibly produce. And then when we did the calculations, obviously, we worked with the lignin supplier here in the UK, and they provided us their EPD for, for their product. When we did the calculations, we were a little bit surprised. And yeah, the, me being a commercial person, of course, I wanted to shout from the rooftops about it. But we had our technical team and our vice president of sustainability kind of maybe temper my enthusiasm a little bit say well no let's let's just do these things properly let's go through and and calculate and then became a little bit of a stumbling block but yeah basically to get an epd done at the moment is like trying to put a man on the moon these guys are so in demand that there's a huge lead time on them so we've been quoted at one point at 12 months just to do a single epd calculation because it wasn't data that they already had Luckily, we've been able to do that and we'll have the final EPD produced and verified in September. 
So speaking to the company that are doing the EPD RAM ball, they've actually verified our thinkings without actually officially verifying it, should I say. Based on maths, we're confident that it's a carbon negative product. And Hearthsco Environmental is quite sensitive to the concept of greenwashing. So as we innovate, we're validating, not just with this product, but all the products that we produce. And I think right now it's especially important for people and companies that are kind of entering the space to understand just how important data verification is. Because you're right, the companies that are really focused on this and really trying to do it right, greenwashing is the enemy of this movement. And there's so much out there where people are talking about, we got a low carbon product or we've got a low carbon product, but then there's no data to support. And really, honestly, I was like, the term low carbon is kind of nebulous at the moment with a lot of things. And so I think having EPDs and LCAs and that kind of stuff to actually quantify the results or quantify what those environmental impacts are, especially important as we're trying to educate people and as we're trying to people show here are options which are available. And and in this situation, this may be a better option than this and help people understand those kind of situational thinking. So I appreciate a company that's like, we want to make sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row and that we can actually put our money where our mouth is and show that this is doing what it says it is. Well, and, and, the, and, the, and the point that as we get more engaged in the association, getting more both on a national and a local level, we know the industry is challenged and we want to be part of the solution to finding a greener asphalt product. But the notion that, hey, we're more sustainable because we're not concrete, it's only going to go so far. Yeah, we're very confident in our ability and our credentials within the UK. You know, we've been doing it, as Peter said, for 60 plus years. Now we're expanding globally. Obviously, North America is our second plant outside of Europe. And we're very mindful of making sure that our certification or accreditation isn't just European-specific. And that was one of the biggest challenges, really. There's so many different policies and standards. So what could be seen as a low-carbon product in the UK might not be in the US. Or even in some states in the US, there seems to be some differences in how they equate a low carbon product. And uh, yeah, we wanted to make sure that when we did this EPD for our low carbon product, that we did it so they covered the biggest demographic of potential customers. Will it be for everyone? No. When we build a natural plant in North America, are we going to be able to supply 5,000 miles away? No. But the reality is it's demonstrating that the industry can do it if they're thinking in the right direction. So... With bio-based products, I start to think about some of the positives that are thrown out there, like them being biodegradable or things along that nature. And how durable are these products? What kind of service life could we expect if we're using these type of products in our pavements? So I was curious what your experience has been or what your thoughts are on some of those type of topics. In terms of the durability testing, we carried out the durability testing, so water sensitivity and uh, wheel tracking and the likes. You know, we've done kind of aged wheel tracking and water sensitivity testing as well. You know, in terms of actual in situ use, it's been down a couple of months. You know, there's the you, you couldn't tell the difference between the material, you know, control material laid with you know conventional asphalt and the trial strip. But it's the same with anything. We could ask the same question about wrap. 
are we a hundred percent confident that it doesn't have any long term durability to this? No. But you know, we can say that about the aggregate we used to put in asphalt. It was formed millions of years ago, you know, and all we can do is test what's in front of us now, you know, as we would any other product, whether it's a conventional asphalt product or not. And uh, we're confident in all the test data that we've got on the road, on the highway, is uh, is demonstrating what we initially thought. So you guys both kind of talked about the product incorporating steel slag as the main aggregate component. I was curious how that is important to the product, but then also important as a general recycling effort or important as part of this product. So in terms of the product itself, obviously it gives us a great baseline to start with. It's already very low carbon as, a, as an asphalt product when it contains 95% steel slag. One of the beauties of steel slag, it's a manufactured aggregate. So the quality of the steel that it, it, it's derived from is controlled by the quality of the slag. So, you know, we've got chemical compositions for, for every ton of, of slag that we produce. You know, added to Harsco Environmental's expertise in controlling and uh, weathering and, and conditioning the slag for asphalt use. You know, this leads to a great engineering product, not only in structural fills and, and sub-bases, but in asphalt. You know, it has a high skid resistance. It's very, very durable. has a low uh, porosity. It isn't affected by by water ingress. It's a very good product in terms of uh, utilization in in kind of wet areas because bitumen and slag like each other. Um, you know, luckily for us, lignin, bitumen, and slag liked each other, so uh, we were able to kind of uh, put all three together. The product that we produced in Eco Plus. And just another note on slag. In regards to slag in in asphalt. Not only has an environmental benefit, it has a performance benefit because uh, we've been making steel fall for years and we can make a longer lasting asphalt with a higher skid resistance due to the nature of the aggregate. And slag also has its own product category rule uh, and then EPD uh, that's being generated by the National Slag Association. So that's just another piece of the puzzle we're trying to solve. Awesome. Well, I again, I just want to thank you, Peter and Julian, for, for being here on the podcast with us today. We appreciate the work that um, your company is doing, and we wish you the, the best of luck as you continue to try to develop products that help revolutionize the industry on some of these fronts when it comes to reducing carbon and even going carbon negative. No, thank you. Yeah, hopefully, when in North America next, we'll catch up and talk asphalt. Sounds good. Thank you. My takeaway from our discussion really was how they they talked about varying their traditional approach when they're looking at new materials and that they started down that path of testing and trying to figure out the answer, but then realized that what's the worst that could happen and really went with the focus of trying to find this lowest carbon possible product and getting something together and then stepping back to the more traditional forms of testing and looking at performance of the material, but a little bit of a shift in process to try to bring some of these innovations to market might be something that is part of the process as we look at some of these more innovative or different types of materials in this space.
Yeah, and I think it's really important that I'd like to highlight a little bit of the philosophy that they talked about. And we mentioned at the end of the podcast where I think it's important that marketing never gets out ahead of the science. Because if you're over-promising and then you come back later on and then you figure out through an LCA or through your data analysis, that, oops, we didn't quite get there. I was like, nothing's going to kill this faster or become a detractor of this type of movement or product more than that. And so I think just like with everything else that Napa tries to do, we try to let the science lead, we try to let the data lead, and then you craft your messaging, you craft your plans based on where that is. And sometimes the science doesn't always take you where you want it to go, but then it still provides you with a way to figure out, okay, here are my next steps if that's the case. And here's maybe where I can now find new solutions. And so there are people that don't like doing research and moving into science when they don't know the answers. But the reality is it's not research if you already know the answer. I think we go in with open minds, we let data lead the way, and that's what's going to help make a difference and move the industry forward as we move into this type of space. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.